What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode four of The Magic Life with DJ Augustine, my co-host Mackenzie. And we're going to be speaking with a special guest today. He goes by the name of Chameleonaire. You might know him from his rap, Riding Dirty, but he's definitely more than just a rapper. He's an entrepreneur and a real estate investor, and he has a lot of stuff going on in technology. So we're going to get the inside scoop with him and see how things going for him. Yeah, it's a really good one. I'm so excited just to have you guys hear his story and hear how you guys met too because like you said he's so much more than just a rapper and one song that everyone knows him by for sure he's a great guy and um just looking forward to this episode augustine for three he thrills it <laughs> dj augustine what's up guys we're back with episode four of the magic life with dj augustine and we're here with a special guest we introduced him earlier but um we're gonna get into it with him this is chameleonaire rapper entrepreneur uh, legend in the game of everything, you know, so we're going to, um, you know, get his aspects on how he became who he became. Cam, up, first man? of all, man, just appreciate you joining us, man, taking your time out. Glad to be here, man. Appreciate I actually watched y'all's episodes, you know. Oh, you know? oh thanks. You probably think that's I see her for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I watched them, you know? That's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah so how, how did everything get started? Let's start with Chameleon there. Like, how did you come up with that name? What does that mean to you? Um, man, it's funny because I just started telling people the meaning of the name, mm -hmm. but the reason why I started telling people the meaning is because in the past I would do interviews and everywhere I would go they would always ask me and I had this long drawn out explanation for why I named myself that and then I didn't want to have to get all into the deep thought in interviews so I would mm -hmm. just give them some basic answer like oh it just means I rap fast and rap slow, I'm right. rich in style, something like that. But recently after the passing of Nipsey Hussle, right, right yeah. I see everything that he was doing before he passed, yeah. and then how people have now gravitated to the message that he put in the music and everything he said. So right. I was like, wait a second. I just started rethinking, like, man, maybe I should tell people what it really means because it's super important. So right. um, I used to be Chameleon. That was my name on the mixtapes. And when I was younger, I used to draw comic books. So I always looked at superheroes, and there was never a black superhero. There was never nothing that I could aspire to be. There was like Superman, there was Batman, there was never a logo. So I created this lizard logo, yeah. and the, lo the, the artist had, I mean, the, um, the superhero had that logo, and it was Chameleon was the name of it. Right. So I was Chameleon for a while, but then uh, me and Paul Wall used to be in a group, and when we were in a group, I started feeling like, um, you know, uh, when we started separating, I started feeling like I was going to lose a piece of me. And the reason why is because he was really good at – um, relationships. Mm. I was like the antisocial person, you know? <laughs> so um, I was really good at information. Right. And when I looked around, all the people that I saw was, that were successful, including me and him as a group, what made us successful is that he had the relationships and I had the information. So when I was sitting there one day, I was just drawing the logo and I was thinking, trying to make the name mean something. So one day on the mixtape, I said, my real name is Hakeem, but don't call me that you're here. I'm changing my name from Chameleon to the Chameleonaire. So everybody was kind of like, what? You changed your name to Chameleonaire? They yeah. thought it was about money, but it wasn't right. about money. Right. Chameleon was my name. Yeah. I added A-I-R-E, and that means about information and relationships. That's dope. That's dope. So you, that's awesome. Yeah, that is. That's, that's, <laughs> and I, I always knew, and people, I wasn't a millionaire at the time, right? right. So people always be like, man, how you, how you Chameleonaire? You ain't a millionaire. Right. But it was really about that. And I knew that I was going to become a millionaire yeah. if I studied on, focused on that, and I did. Right. So... It's more yeah, to it. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> so, so how did that relationship start with you and Paul Wall? Like, how did y'all meet and become a group? Like, how did that start? Um, me and Paul, we grew up from each other. You know, um, his parents lived up the street, and um, he was the kid that I would go to his house, and he just he seemed to have like such a good life. You know, <laughs> he had like everything cool. You know, he had the 
at the time it was like G.I. Joe's. Remember little G.I. Joe's that you used to have a little bottom they used to stand? They didn't do yeah. much, but they used to be cool. Yeah. He used to have those. He used to have a Legos. He used to have everything. So we used yeah. to be like, man, like this kid got everything. So we always used to ask my parents to go to his house. Yeah. And they would be like, at first they was just like, nah. But then we started going over there. Then his mother was so cool that eventually we spent a lot of time over there. But it, it was like a glimpse into like the way um, – life is supposed to be when you're not living in a dysfunctional family. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. his mother would, like, one time I spent the night over there, his mother tucked us in. We was looking at her like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> tucked us in? Yeah, it was just strange. Yeah. Like, we one time we was eating dinner or, or eating lunch. No, we was eating dinner, and then we tried to get up from the table. She's like, whoa, wait a second. You know, you got to get dessert. We was like, dessert? <laughs> like, it was just a lot of stuff yeah. like that that we eventually, you know, we just grew up on and we became cool, you know? That's what's up. How yeah. did you guys end up forming a group? Because I know I read somewhere that rap music and secular music was not really yeah. encouraged in your house. Yeah, my, no, my dad didn't like rap, period. Like, he didn't care about nothing rap. Like, he's a stern, strong, African, like, militant type of person. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, you know, I used to write raps real sloppy on purpose because my dad would come and see those raps and he'd just throw them away. Like, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. like he didn't care. So, um, but I had a passion for it. You know, kids always going to be rebellious and start doing things that you tell them not to do. Right. But I realized that I had a gift for words, really. You know, at a young age, I could make words rhyme just off the top of my head with no paper. So everybody couldn't do that. And at the school table, everybody used to beat on the table and they used to come up with freestyles. But I, I would watch other people do it and I wouldn't really jump in, but I knew that I was good at it. Yeah. Because I would go home and practice it all the time. And I was like, man, I'm actually better than them. So eventually when I started doing it, then people started knowing me as a person that just always rapped all the time. They used to be like, shut up. Right, yeah. You're not going to make it. Like everywhere, everybody used to say that. Like people next to me in, in you know, every class, there's probably people to this day that went to school with me. It was like, man, I cannot believe that dude made it. Yeah. You know? But um, me and Paul, we just kind of had that thing in common where Paul was used to uh, rap too, you know. But it wasn't common for him because everybody used to look at him like crazy. Like, man, you rap. Like, get the heck out of here. But he was hanging around us for so long that, you know, a lot of it just rubbed off on him and it was just natural for him. So, you know, I remember one time uh, we were going into this club. We used to go to clubs and it was a club called uh, Chocolate Town in in Houston. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, this is the club that you don't want to be in by yourself. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And we walking in there, there's no white people. Yeah. He's like the only white person. And he's got a big afro, gold teeth. <laughs> he's throwing up the foe. And I'm looking at him splitting the crowd. The whole crowd is just moving, looking at him. And me and my brother are like, man, we about to have to fight today. You know? <laughs> like, it was just crazy. But he yeah. had that confidence. Yeah, he was just yeah. like, you know, I'm cool. I'm, I'm welcome yeah. here. And then eventually, you know, we just kind of stuck with it, you know? That's what's up. So, yeah, yeah I know. I know when I was, I'm from New Orleans. So yeah. I moved to Houston after Katrina. Yeah. And that's when Riding Dirty. This had to have been what, 2006, 2007, something yeah, like that. Right that's time. when that's when that song came out. So I was at High Tower High School. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when that crazy. song came out, everybody like in the school was going crazy, and that's when I first heard about you. Yeah. And so, what did that song do for your career? I know you have plenty of other songs. You probably had songs way before that song hit. Yeah. But what did that song do for your career and your life? Man, so riding, people think that like, um, you know, when you have a record that big, that it's often looked at as a, a, a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's people out there that throw words out there or, you know, say one hit one to the certain people or say, oh, that one record. But to me, I feel like um, since the beginning of my career, I feel like I've been having success for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I had one of the biggest mixtape runs. I had one of the biggest independent artists, I mean, albums, you know, with Paul. I had, you know, a few other projects that dropped that were all successful on a ladder all the way up to Riding Dirty. So then when Riding comes out, you think that you've seen the ceiling, but that ceiling was just so high that it was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, like, I remember being on the stage in Norway, and it was like, I don't know, over 100,000 kids, you know? And 
it was like the music stops and everybody's just singing it like crazy. I was just like, wow, I went to Jamaica. I went to everywhere. And it was places where people didn't even speak English. But when that song came on, it's like everybody knew it. That's crazy. So that was like what was amazing for me. And then um, it just started going higher and higher. And then Weird Al did a parody of it. And then um, I won a, a, gr- a Grammy. Yeah. You know, I actually was supposed to win. I think I was supposed to win, too. You yeah. know, there was another category that I got disqualified from. And yeah, people don't know that. So yeah. I got disqualified because they thought I had put out too many major albums in a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I had really put out one major album in a year, right? Yeah. I had only put out one major album in a year. But um, it was so many mixtapes that were bootlegs, yeah. that were charting, that they thought those were my real albums right, and disqualified me because of that. That's crazy. So I should have won two Grammys. Two Grammys yeah. <laughs> Y'all hear that? I'm supposed <laughs> to have two Grammys. But... Let the people know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So Riding was the was the vessel that catapulted that success. And to this day, you know, that's the reason why, you know, I still get checks from that record. Like every month, every week, somebody's hitting me. They want to put in a movie. You know, I still get royalties from it. Yeah. You know, I, I negotiated a good deal with Universal. So, you know, that was the that was the thing that I'm the most happy about because most artists make pennies on a dollar and I make half of everything. So. Right. You know, uh, you know, people see me courtside at games. They always like, oh, well, Cam's in the tech. He can yeah. afford those tickets now. But it's kind of disrespectful to my rap career because right, right. if I never had success in tech, I still would be able to afford those courtside sure. seats, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's like, you know, I, I love writing, man. To this day, people use it in memes. They do all kind of stuff, but it's cool with me. You yeah, know? that's what's up, man. As an artist, what was it like to win a Grammy? Because that's the absolute that's highest like the of highest yeah. things yeah. that you can win. You know what's crazy is I never wanted to win a Grammy. Really? I never dreamed about winning a Grammy. I never, you know, it's, 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 I don't want to say it doesn't mean nothing to me. I appreciate it. But yeah. if you think about it, it's like this piece of metal that people give to you to tell you to mean something. You know, it's like a, you know, I don't know, man. You yeah. know, when I got it, I sat there and I was looking at it. And I was like, man, this is what everybody wants to win, you know. And I think it's kind of a way of keeping me a little bit humble. Like, when I used to tell people that it was in a box under my fish tank, they'd be like, get the heck out of here. That's why you keep it? Yeah. People come <laughs> to the crib and be like, get the heck, like, show me. And I'll yeah. show them, like, you got why 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 don't you put it up there? It's like yeah. what does it mean? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's you know I know there's a lot of people aspiring to do that, but to to win something like that. But I feel like you know the journey is what's most important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what is it able to do for your family? Like that's why I'm doing it. It's not for no awards. A lot of people say that, but they don't really mean it. You know they really mm-hmm. feel bad when they're not invited to that thing or they don't get that award. To me, it's just like you know, right. it's like it's like a thing. You know, and yeah. I got a lot of those things. You know, I got. Uh, you know, MTV Awards, I got BT. It's just, I never really, you know, it's yeah. another thing, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. so, okay, so from your from those 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 years and those moments of winning those awards and stuff, in between that time, what kind of made you start thinking, like, outside of rap? Like, you know, yeah. as professional athletes, we, we think about, okay, someday the ball going to stop bouncing. Yeah. You got to think about doing something after basketball, like, were you ever thinking about that kind of stuff? Like, what am I, what am I gonna do outside of rap, or I'm just gonna be a rapper forever? Yeah, I feel like I was always thinking about that, you know, because I think fans always remind you about that. Mm. Everywhere you're going, you're like getting older, you know. Uh, somebody's coming up that's newer, fresher than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one song they liked and the next one they don't like is always a reminder that you could be gone, you know. Yeah. So some people get stuck in their own denial and they believe that. Oh, I'm good, you know. I'm going to keep on making these records. I'm going to be here forever. But if you look at the trajectory of rappers, period, like a lot of them just don't last, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got somebody like me who never really wanted to be famous. I always wanted money more than I wanted fame. Mm-hmm. So I was an anti-social person that knew how to act social, you know. Right. Like, like, you know. Um, so I feel like 
all those things combined made me be like, you know, always thinking about what's next. So yeah. it made me think about the future a lot. It made me think about like trying to find some other way to, to make revenue when other artists weren't thinking about it. It made me care about negotiating the little things in my contract, like because I knew that at one day it could be gone. And yeah. then the place that I'm going back to is like having nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to go back there. So I was trying to prepare myself just in case because I knew that, well, I guess it was a lack of trust in the industry itself. You know, fans are so fickle to this day. Mm-hmm. To this day, I get so many fans telling me, oh, you're the greatest, you need to drop. I just, mm-hmm. it goes in one ear out the other because yeah. I feel like every artist has their fans tell them that and you can get lost in the sauce sometimes. So, sure. you know, it could be gone. So um, I just focused on a lot of things. And luckily for me, I was just super excited about technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when people used to call me a nerd when I had a forum board. You know, I was like one of the first artists at a forum board. They used to look at me crazy when I had a website. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. what are y'all talking about? You could reach anybody in the world right now. There's some kid in Denver I'm talking to right now. And it was just like, they thought it was lame for a rapper. And then eventually, all this, these floods of all these other rappers came. I remember, I think at the time, it was just like me and Soulja Boy. That was it. Yeah. Like everybody else, nobody cared about websites. That's crazy. Yeah. So just watching the trajectory of social and um, how we were able to use those things to benefit us and, and build all these other businesses is like crazy, you know? So I feel like it was always there. I feel like I was always an entrepreneur in just a rapper's frame, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. I was going to ask, because you had mentioned being more sifting through like your contracts and being more aware of like what everything was. Is that something you like also went to an advisor on or is that just something that kind of came naturally to you and you taught that yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I never really, I don't feel like I got one uh, bit, one person that gave me all the information. I feel like I consumed it from a lot of places. I was just naturally more curious than a lot of people. You know, I feel like you got to be like that because, you know, some people will walk into a room and their focus is only on the entertainment part. So they're walking in thinking about, okay, how do I look? You know, what am I going to wear? But I'm thinking, wait a second, why does it work like that? And mm-hmm. I asked so many questions along the way that eventually the more information I started getting, I started realizing, wait a second, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Every artist wants to get into the game right now. Everyone wants to make money, but a majority of them don't make the most of it. You see them. They're the ones at the club dodging the bullets, putting on the bulletproof vest. None of them are making the money. Wait a second. That don't sound right. So I started asking questions, and I started realizing, whoa, wait a second. There's a lot of people you don't see that actually make the money. So I started, um, I guess, looking up to them more than the actual rappers, Mm -hmm. you know? So I didn't try to make a lot of friends in the music industry. I didn't really believe all of the fake stuff because when you really gotten quiet with a lot of those people, we start talking like, mm-hmm. and they would tell me the problems. And I'll be like, whoa, wait a second, let's solve this problem. And they would just be like, go, go along with the motions. Right. Like, and I was just like, wait a second, people don't care. Like, you gotta care about it more than me. Exactly. I, I'm gonna care about it, your life more than you. So then I started focusing on mine a lot. And then when people started seeing the results, people started paying attention more because you could talk about all the things you got to do to be financially stable. But if people don't see it in you, they're not going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I realized that I used to do a lot of talking and people used to be like, oh, he be preaching all the time. He like, that's how they used to talk about me. Mm-hmm. Now they, 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 they fiend for this because we live in a social world where people want information. Yeah. You know, well, some people, everybody still, uh, a sure. lot of people are distracted, sure. you know, but I feel like um, it just came from trial and error. There's a lot of things I failed with, some things I did wrong, mm-hmm. you know, um, but one thing I was really confident about is like I got to make money off the music I just don't understand the idea of you know putting your blood sweat and tears on music and then not making the money that's what they tell every artist just focus on shows don't get money the albums don't make money like that's crazy to me like I I, I would I would not take a deal um for, for something like that yeah. I was like willing to risk it all if, if one thing wasn't right for me then I'd be like I'm not doing it and people often say man you crazy you, you really gonna turn down this deal for that and I'll be like yeah and I think people saw that eye of the tiger. They they knew that I meant business, and yeah. they just listened to me, you know. Yeah, I mean, I could relate to that because you know, um, sport like basketball players, athletes, periods, like you know, we uh, they tell us the same thing. Just focus on playing the game, 
and we'll handle the money, we'll handle this, we'll handle that. But, you know, in my career, I had some ups and downs, and um, I was kind of living by that code, letting somebody else handle it. But mm. once I put my foot down and was, like, more involved and asking questions and um, being more in on how the stocks and bonds work, how, to this, how does this stuff work, what is this? You know, now, fast forward 12 years later, I feel like I'm the CEO of my, my company, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, I could, could relate to what you're saying. Yeah, we yeah. all are, though. Yeah, we all are. Sure. People just put it off until it's too late. Yeah, Eventually, sure. somebody drops all the books right in front of you, and yeah. then you got to learn at the end of your life, mm-hmm. you know, end of your career, end of your, um, you know, whether it's sports career or rapper. It's all the same because you got a platform where now a lot of people are paying attention to you, so you get distracted by all the other shiny things. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time at the end, everybody's left. They left now, mm-hmm. and they dropped it all on you, but you had three, four, five, six years where you didn't consume any information, and now you're trying to figure out that tech stuff now. Yep. You know, so along the way, I feel like you should be doing it along the way. Yeah. You can still do the other stuff, yeah. but you can't just drop the ball because I've seen so many examples of people that messed it up. Sure. That could have been my fate too. There's plenty of things that I did wrong that I learned, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. Mm. They told me this was the way it's supposed to go. Think about the idea of like, man, we used to go, the record label would <coughs> get some uh, A&R, and they'd be like, all right, you're going to go on the road with Chameleon. He would go on the road with me, and he would be like, take me to every strip club. And then they 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 turn on my song and the DJ would shout your name out. All the girls would look at you and he'd look at you like, yeah, yeah, all right, go ahead. And you're just supposed to throw your money. Yeah. It's not their money; it's your money. <laughs> so you do that every night. You're yeah. thinking like, wait a second, you're not even putting no money yeah, in. I'm me. going broke, and you like, that's what they do, yeah, man. For sure. And we do that yeah. all the time because it looks cool, man. Yeah. It's like, nah, man. I'm, they they trained us wrong, man. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not a place for that, right. you know. But are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, I'm not even making money at this today. That's crazy. Some people be like, you know what? They can justify because they're like, I'm going to charge them. I'm going to make money. I'm going to take a piece of it and throw it back. Like, right. I get it. Yeah. It was times where I was on a promo run. I wasn't making nothing, and I was taking my money and throwing it. It's crazy. After a while, you like, and where's that guy at now? Where's yeah. that a <laughs> What's his name? He, he, he's not even here anymore. Yeah. Like, nah. I started being too blunt. But sometimes as an artist, it can be tough when you start being too blunt like this because label people don't like to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want you to be subordinate, <laughs> shut up, right. just do the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You've become such a well-known investor and entrepreneur now, but where did that start? What was, like, the first company that you kind of got your feet wet with that? Man, so the story is I was advising for a company named Say Now. And um, – I didn't even know what an advisor was. I was just helping them because they wanted to get artists. So I helped them get some few artists on the platform. And then they gave me advisory shares. So fast forward, they get bought by Google. And then I make a little bit of money, you know. So I'm looking at it like, wait a second. This is how it works. I didn't even do nothing. And I get this money. And then they were like, yeah. So then I started thinking, okay, if I would have invested, how much would I have made? And I started, like, calculating my brain, thinking, like, oh, wow, this this, this seems like a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I was curious. I knew about tech. I started going to tech conferences, meeting with a lot of people. But going back to that thing about relationships, I think we often will go to conferences. We get business par- cards from people, and then we never follow up with them. Mm-hmm. I just started following up with a lot of people, you know, yeah. staying in touch with them, really curious about trying to find out more. And then there was a VC that I met with named Mark, and he was just like, I guess, uh, inspired by my curiosity. And he was just like, all right, I'll give you some information. So I had went to his blog and I noticed that on his blog, he had so many articles just talking about everything from early stage deals to seed deals to 
venture capital, so much stuff that I didn't know. I just started reading it. And then I started feeling like, man, this dude is Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he, he teaching the whole game. And that's the one thing that made me connect with him more than others because there's so many people that have information, but they kind of hold it. Mm. And he was giving it out to the world. Like whoever, he didn't even know I was reading his blog. Yeah. So then that's why I started reaching out to him. And then he was the same person in, in real life. He started putting companies in front of me over the, over the you know, months. And then he showed me this company named Maker Studios. And then I was just studying it, and I was like, man, this is amazing. So I went and met with the founders, and then I loved that company, Then that was my first investment. And then I had always remembered that investing is spending what you can afford to lose, because that's what mm -hmm. people told me. So then I was just like, all right, you know, I, I pay like, you know, a few thousand dollars a lot of times for this, and I can pay this much, and I waste so much money on like earrings and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was like, all right. So I put a little bit more in there, and then uh, fast forward, that company got bought by Disney. You know, mm -hmm. and it was a lot. You know, it was rumored a billion dollar exit, but it was like seven hundred million or something like that. Only seven hundred. No, no, no. I'm saying that. No, nah, it was it, it was a good <laughs> yeah, return. Good, so yeah. then after that, um, I had a lot of profit. So I took the profit and went back in because now I have a lot of conviction about investing. So um, they told me that you lose your money. It's a five to seven year game, but all that happens for me was like in two years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait a second, am I lucky? I try to go to a lot of celebrities and other people to invest. A lot of people wasn't really listening. They just thought I was just lucky. So I was like, all right, I went and invested in another company called Cruise, which is a self-driving car company. And then that company got bought by General Motors, and that was actually a real billion-dollar exit. And then um, that was a big exit. And then <laughs> after that, it was just like, all right. So then other people started listening to me, other celebrities. We started, like, pulling together a whole bunch of people and started putting money in companies. One of the other companies we went to was Lyft, and we invested in Lyft. And then that company IPO'd. So it looked like I was like some golden child because every company was like winning, right? Mm -hmm. But you can lose your money in investing, but I just feel like I had a good eye for like companies. Yeah. So people say, well, what's your secret? I don't have any secret. Right. I don't. I just, I feel like when you're spending what you can afford to lose and you're putting money in companies that potentially could be billion dollar companies, then the risk is worth it, right? Like I'm not investing in my homeboy's restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I'm not investing in my homeboy's record, you know, album. I'm investing in like self-driving cars, mm -hmm. the storage industry, like companies that either are going to bust or they're going to be really big. And if they go big, then you make a lot of money. But luckily, my first one went, I had a lot of profit to play with, and I just start putting the profit back in, mm -hmm. you know. So I have a strategy when it comes to investment, investing, you know, and a lot of savvy VCs and investors will tell you that, it, you know, if you're going to take all your money and you put it on one table, then you, you can lose it all. So it's better to, to take that 10 mm -hmm. and put two in five different companies, yeah. then put ten in one. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 and sure. it, it just went it went well. So now I feel like I just been studying a lot. You, you don't know everything, but you get to talk to a lot of founders, learn a lot about you know what they're doing to change the world. But ultimately, I wasn't even chasing money. I was just doing it because I'm uh, investing in companies that are changing the world and founders that are really smart. I do it because I want to be in a relationship with that founder, and I'm gonna learn so much from them, you right. know. Yeah, and then I can help them when I when I see fit, you know. Yeah, so I mean, we know you're from Houston, but you obviously you live in LA now, yeah. correct? So um, we see, you know, a lot of people see you at Courtside with E40, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. at a lot of games and stuff. What's your relationship with him? Because I know he does a lot, of, you know, he has his own wine and yeah, things like that. You know, yeah. what is y'all? He's just super entrepreneur, entrepreneur OG. Um, the reason why we go to the games a lot is because like he, some people, I think I feel like everybody needs somebody that's just gonna keep it real with them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So he had called me and he'd be like, "Yo, man." 
you tripping, man. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, yo, how come you don't follow nobody on Instagram? I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? He's like, man, you just, you look Hollywood, man. Yeah. You know, when you do that. And I was like, I ain't, I ain't really looking at any right stuff. He's like, nah, but you got to start following people, man, because how you going to be the social guy and you're not social? I said, nah, because then it goes to this other thing where now you got to like everybody's photos and they think yeah. you're like, I'm not playing that game. Yeah. He was like, nah, bro, you got you got to follow people. But yeah. we argued about stuff like that. Yeah. So then when it came to the games, he would argue with me about that. He's like, yo, you got to start getting out here and coming to some of these games because you making moves but you be so silent behind the curtain i'm like yeah. man i ain't trying to do all that he's yeah. like listen man i'm trying to tell you it's business that happens here so i took him up on that one time went to a game i was tripping off of the seats like i'm thinking you know 40s getting stuff for free like yeah. he's paying yeah i'm like bro you like the mascot <laughs> for the warriors how's he paying he's just paying but he sees the business opportunity there he's yeah. made so many relationships so i go there we sitting there and then courtside is like, you know, it's tech central. It's like every investor, it's all kind of people. So I started politicking with a lot of people, did a lot of deals, you know. So then I started realizing the value for it. I, I really think Forty calls me because he, he don't got too many people that's going to get the other seat. Like, yeah. you, know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's like, Cam, come on, I'm hopping on a flight, going yeah. to the game. So it started off like that. And then somehow, I don't know how, I just started trending because people thought that I couldn't afford a seat. It's like this meme of Kyrie Irving, and it, you know he's looking like you know how many ringtones y'all bought for yeah. a millionaire to be able to sit courtside. <laughs> and then everybody started on social going crazy. People hit me up, and I was just like, man, that's disrespectful, man. Yeah. But Forty's like, see, that's that's promotion. I'm like, man, I don't want that type of promotion. <laughs> yeah. But you know, every now and then I go to games and uh, I politic with a lot of players. You know, yeah, talk to them sure. about advising and uh, investing and all kind of things like that. So. I feel like this year I kind of like laid off a little bit because yeah. sometimes you can get into it so much that people just think that's your thing. You know, yeah. I try to stay behind the curtain and, and put some work in, but maybe I hit the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, you know, for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I told him earlier that's how we met at the um, the symposium, the technology symposium. Yeah. And, uh, I just told him about you know your passion for helping others. You know, all the knowledge that you have with investing in tech and um, just the knowledge you have. Period. You 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 one of those people, those few people who are willing to help others. Um, yeah. Kind of like the guy you said you, you met. Yeah, Mr. Um, Miyagi. Yeah, Mark. yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you know, not everybody's like that. Some people like to, you know, hold in that information, but I really like that about you, you know, how you willing to help others, young guys, you know, and just bring people along. Yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit discouraging because you don't really know who's listening sometimes. You mm -hmm. know, you're just doing it, putting it out there. Some people listening, they listening. If they're not, they're not. But And then also when you look at social, you see there's so many things that people are distracting by, you know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... I don't know, uh, disappointing sometimes because I understand we all want to have fun, but, man, life is real, man. Yeah. Every every second is ticking, man. It's, it's people's families depending on you to be successful, you know? So I feel like there's so much noise and so much distraction that sometimes the, the real important stuff gets lost, you yeah, know? for sure. So I try to just throw out as much of that as I can to try to help somebody on their journey. But the, the main reason why I do it is people ask me, like, what do you get out of it? I think ultimately you start to create a social currency of being a person that gives information. I think there's value in that, you know, mm -hmm. because I used to look around. I used to try to find information about the music industry. I just couldn't find nobody. I had to figure it out. But think about all the other 20, 30 people. Where do they go? Yeah. You know, so when you create that kind of energy, then people just find their way to you. And now I'm seeing like a lot of people reaching out and I just give them information. I'm not charging them for it. I don't, you know, I don't have some kind of class or something they got to sign up for. It's just, and people tell me that all the time, you should write a book. I'm like, yeah. this is the book. <laughs> like, I'm giving it to you now. Yeah. What chapter you want? Like, yeah. have it, you know? Yeah. I'm not trying to like really monetize that. I know people tell me I should. I get like all these offers for reality shows, all kind of stuff. It's just like, that, you know, I feel you like. Do, you wouldn't do any reality shows? That's not. I mean, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know, like, I have so many of them, man. Like, yeah. they come all the time, and I just be wondering, like, y'all want me to be yeah. on a reality show? Like, you sure you want that? Yeah. But they, they're like, yeah, yeah, we think we could turn this into something. You know, I have some really big people, like, that have, like, number one 
reality shows reach out to me and was just like, you know, we want to try to put something together around you. And I'm like, you know, I'm here for like motivation and education. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I'm not trying to chase relevancy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. feeling? I feel like the reason why people come to you for reality shows is because they feel like you're on your last leg. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They come to that artist that they think fell off. Right. He's done. They come and give you a little bit and dangle that thing and be like, oh, yeah, come and get on TV and act stupid. I'm like, I'm not that person. I'm right. just not going to do it. And then even people that come with something respectful that might make sense, it's kind of a lot of times a regurgitation of something else. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're trying to remake this other thing. And yeah. it's like, nah, I'm, I'm about new energy. I'm about new vibes, you know. So I just I just don't, I don't, I, I can't say, you know, they say never say never, but I, I just don't, I don't think that's me, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised a show like Shark Tank hasn't. No, kind of yeah. come after I you. I mean, everybody that's trying to make a bootleg Shark Tank is going to be sure. They always try to copy that. It's like, oh, we're going to come up with the rap version of Shark Tank. I was like, man, you know, I'm doing Shark Tank now. Like, <laughs> where, where's the companies at? If you're hearing this, hit me up. Like, let, I want to invest in you. Like, yeah. we don't even need a show, you know? That's what's up, man. So, you know, maybe one day it'll change, but I get value out of those. I don't want to knock those things because I don't want to come off as the old head that's like, oh, man, all the young rappers are doing this and everybody else. Like, I'm... It's right for some people. It's just not right for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. You got to understand your why and why you're doing this. And I, I, I figured that out at some point. And I was like, you know what? These are the things I'm good at. These are the things that make me excited. You know, I used to go to the club as a rapper, and I'd be in there all the time. But I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't dance. So I'm just standing there looking at people, and they just staring at me the whole night. <laughs> and I'm like... Is this what this is? What are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, man, I just can't do this, can't man. Do it, I can't yeah. do it, man. I'm in there. I'm going home. I'm smelling like, you know, weed. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. nah, man. This 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 is good for people to do that. It's not for me. And then I just pull myself out of all that. Yeah. I go occasionally, but most of the time, it's like, you know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What's, I don't want to be antisocial. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it's great to be antisocial. Yeah, yeah. You just get more done, man. Yeah. I'm trying to get work done, man. For sure. Sure. What's the next like big project you have on the horizon or anything um, that you're wanting to accomplish so here soon? So right now I just focus on like a lot of investing. Uh, I hope to get a lot more people to have influences, influence into companies, you know, and I think that there's a lot of value that uh, celebs and basketball players and athletes and entertainers can um, can bring to companies because what I see is a line right here and then there's our world and then there's the tech world and there's this bridge that's missing sometimes mm. they want to get to these people because these people have influence on the audiences you're trying to reach but these people don't really know how to talk to these people so i'm trying to help pull more people over because i think on the other side on this end is companies that are ipoing companies that are getting acquired for billions of dollars and when that happens a lot of people in a company make hundreds of thousands millions of dollars you know what i mean yeah for sure and i feel like we need to pull more people from our world over here because one it creates more diversity you know mm-hmm. it helps in our communities you know i remember at one point there was uh when riding came out everybody kind of looked at me as i was going to be like um i don't know the person that gets on cnn and talks about like you know racial injustice every day you know mm-hmm. um and i'm passionate about stuff like that but i realized that at some point you have to pick a struggle you know yeah, sure. because there's a lot of struggles to be fighting against you know so mine was like all right I'm gonna focus on the financial literacy part of it because I feel like I'm good at that. I feel like I'm an example for that, and I feel like I know how to digest stuff in a uh, or articulate stuff in a digestible way for people. So I feel like if I'm able to accomplish that and get a lot of people into these companies that are early, then when that company gets acquired, that money that they have is capital that they can take back to their 
uh, to their families. Mm -hmm. And then it's generations and generations of people that have money when that sure. happens, you know? Sure. So it's like create that seed that grows into a tree in our community. So now we have more capital to start our own businesses to do these things because we've always been at a disadvantage, you know? Yeah. And I see that and I'm like, man, why don't we just try to solve some of that problem? So I'm sitting over here watching these people raise hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars and it's just like, there's nobody looks like me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't just go stand on a stage and just rap and like not do that because who's gonna do it? You right. know, that's the way I look at it. So I'm like, like that's, that's a big thing that I think about all the time, you know? And it's hard for me to be like, all right, uh, it didn't work out with tech. I'm leaving and just going back and jump. Right. Like yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. if I do that, I'm, I'm still doing this. Right. That, that I'm not going anywhere, you know? So um, I currently have my own company, a uh, social video company called Convos, which is an um, a app that connects people through face-to-face -face conversations. And, um, you know, being a startup founder is not easy. You know, it's, it's hard. You know, you can fail, but the same way I went at investing, knowing that I could fail is like, you know, with, with a lack of fear is the same way I treat like building a company, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate failure as much as they should because when you fail, you know, you, you leave that with a lot of, like, information that you learned on how, what not to do. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm taking every day, like, a, one step at a time, just figuring out as much as I can and trying to be far more advanced uh, the next year and the next year and the next year, you know. For sure. For That's sure. the way I look at it, you know. Well, man, we love what you're doing, man. We really appreciate you joining us today. I think it was a great episode. Yeah, for sure. I think it was a great episode, man. Yeah, thank so, you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank yep. you for taking the time out of yeah, your schedule. For sure. Let's get it. Yep. <laughs> Magic Life with DJ Augustine.